Hey everyone, welcome to the 14th episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Anton LaPlatt. With me as always is Jalen Roberts. Look, I'm not going anywhere at this point. And Chris Montavano. What's up? We have a jam-packed show for you guys this week. We'll be talking about Destiny 2 and our impressions of it. We're finally going to get out the last of our World of Warcraft and Overwatch talk for a One while. One for the road! Um, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Switch and a lot of the games on there, such as Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and Splatoon 2. Stay tuned. Alright, so we all went and we got Destiny 2 last night. And this has been a game that we've all been waiting for for years at this point. Yeah. Months, years, if you just months. consider the last expansion. Or about a year. No, a year. Yeah. I feel like... No, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a Rise year. Rise of Iron came out this time last year. Wow. Wow, yeah. I remember talking about Rise of Iron on our early, like, when we first started recording the podcast on our own. Before, like, on all the lost episodes that aren't, they're going to be lost until I get a, another computer, but on all the lost episodes that are locked away before we had any kind of, like, professional help producing this podcast, <laughs> we were talking or about... professionalism at all. Right, yeah. yeah it was just, a bunch of rambling. <laughs> we'd talk at one place, take the computer with us to another place, <laughs> and talk. Or leave for several hours and come back and be like, oh yeah, we were talking about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, Destiny 2. Um, we've all had about, we're getting close to like 18 hours with the game. Yeah. Like total. Take. Owning the game. 18 yeah, hours. Like that. the game. Um, and I've been enjoying it so far. I really, the things that I really like about it are you can really see all the progression that Destiny 2 made, or Destiny 1 made from launch all the way to Rise of Iron. You can see that in like a more accessible form. Yeah. Because in Destiny 1, it was like, oh, this system used to be this system, and they changed this to this, and you have to trade in all of these to get that, and. And it was like, by the time Rise of Iron was out, like, all those systems on top of each other, the like, integrated into the existing UI and everything, it was overwhelming. But now, seeing it in Destiny 2, I'm using systems that I just completely, like, said, forget about it. When Rise of Iron was out, I was like, I'm not going to get myself into this, and now I'm using those things in Destiny 2, just because it's like... It's, everything's right there. Yeah. And so they cleaned up all of the mess around the edges. They tightened up all, like, the loose ends that they had from launch. Like, I mean, the story in Destiny 2, so far, I am on the first mission on IO. And, like, the story just so far is already better than almost anything that was in Destiny 1, period. Hands down. Yeah. Like, there's more cutscenes... I've seen more cutscenes so far than I saw in all of Destiny 1. Yeah, that's about right. Look, it's giving... I'm the guy who in Destiny 1 knew all the lore bits for everything. The fact that I don't have to work for that anymore, the game is just telling me, like, yeah, it's like, this is why Gary's Gary. Please tell me Gary back, Gary's backstory. Yeah, this is... It's really interesting for them to have character development of, like, not just the Vanguard, but of, like, 
the antagonist of you like, yeah, like the I, ghost. I think of that's why uh, Oryx was so cool when he first came out because this was like a boss that was like, oh no, he's he's actually here to ruin our lives. Like, he right? Actually says something and does something, mm-hmm. and Crawl's like, <laughs> hold my beer, right? <laughs> because Oryx wanted to kill us. Gaul actually is killing us. Yeah, repeatedly. Until we get our stuff back. <laughs> then we're just going right, to like, yeah. it's just it's, you. It's I'm like, up. but I know Jalen and Chris <laughs> also like, got their light back a few <laughs> right, minutes ago. Right. <laughs> like, I, we can't launch this offensive Look, if you're I'm the only tr- one that will survive. I'm like, I'm pretty sure everyone will survive, <laughs> but you guys. Right. <laughs> look, look, look. All we have to do is get all the dancing freaks off the farm and throw them at Girl <laughs> and throw them at Gaul until he dies. You mean, that was us. Yeah, whatever. We'll come back. I died stu. <laughs> Heck, at least I'll die not not missing a jump this time. <laughs> right. Every- I've done that so many times. I am praying there's no jump puzzle in the raid. Oh, guarantee be like jump. There's puzzle. so much platforming already just on the Titan planet. I, I, was, I was just like, Ugh. a. They improved Blink, so the platforming with Blink, it's not as terrible. I yeah. mean, Titan Jumps has always been, like, really up there with, like, handling it because I can control myself so well in the air. Oh, yeah. But I will say this. Multiple Hunter Jumps made um, orb carrying in King's Fall in the Oryx fight. That was so easy. Oh yeah! Shout out to Destiny Two for showing you everything you did back in Destiny One. And that just, like, really you, like, like a recap. It, it put it put all like, that in like yeah. It like I didn't realize that Destiny One started in like 2014, 2015. Yeah. Like it it really put into perspective that this is year four. Right. You kept calling Destiny 1 Year 1, and it was like, I was like, ah, you're saying Year 1, yeah, but talking no. about shit from Year 3. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Destiny 1 was like, we are f- it, it puts it all, and that's what put it in perspective. It was like, oh, this, this was done in like 2015. Right. I'm seeing my memories, and it showed me my first Vault of Glass run. I'm like... This is before Jalen even got this game, and that's far before Chris got the game, yep. and even that is far before Madrid got the game, and it's like you see the friends you made over yeah, the course yeah. of time. Like, it really, every, I took screenshots because it's like the memories, especially of the raids and like the high-end oh, content, it was like, like I see, things fall. Right. It's yeah, like seeing all so... those things was like, Wow. I remember running Prison of Elders with those two randos and beating it on the <laughs> highest difficulty because Jalen had to go. Like, I remember that grind. I remember King's Fall of us, like, being just there and just hours. being so done with ourselves and the game. I was done with everything. Uh, like, but then finally killing Oryx and seeing him fall off into space and, sad. like, re- realizing that he actually had legs. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time. Like, huh. Yeah, legs. Right. As he falls into Saturn. So I'm looking forward to building these memories with Destiny 2. Like, it was just... It's like, okay, I imagine looking back to 2017 and remembering the first time we ran the first raid of Destiny 2. But this time, like, it'll be with... Like, the pool of people that I played Destiny 1 with, like, I, I don't... 
play games with most of those people anymore, but now the people I'm playing games with, I interact with in real life on way more of a regular basis. So, Well, two of them are in the podcast. Right. So, <laughs> and our raid team, like, our raid team has really? been all over this podcast because Madrid, Ashton, you guys. I mean, both of my roommates also got Destiny 2. Zach got it last night, and Dylan got it today. So if we need an extra fill-in, we got that Right, person. we have, we right. have like, 12 people. We need to actually... I need to see what I need to do to become the clan leader of Antioch's Legion mm -hmm. and, like, actually use Antioch's Legion for all of us because a lot of the people who are relapsed Destiny players are still in the clan, and, like, they're... I see them in Destiny too, So... It's going to be just because the clan leader of Antioch's Legion left and are right now. Apparently, the second in command is somebody who didn't even own a PlayStation 4. Right. It's someone who had an account on my PS4 and would play sometimes, but the leader leaving promoted him to lead. So, but I have his account on my PS4. Cool. So I'll see what I can do about A, turning our clan into a Destiny 2 clan, and then B, making sure all of us are in it and it shows up and that, like, we're gaining rewards because... But, quick thing is, as of right now, clan stuff still isn't up. Yeah. Like, a lot down. of the big in-game clan stuff is not up yet. Okay, that's good. That's they, something that I'm glad that I have time. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the raid is... Baby steps, you gotta... Yeah, I mean, the game literally came out last night. <laughs> right. I mean... I feel like Destiny 2 has been happening for a while now because, I mean, from the PlayStation beta to the Xbox beta to the PC beta to now launch, like, plus the people who've been streaming for a couple days now, all the streaming that I've done, I feel like Destiny 2, like, for a game that is... Like, Destiny 1 did not review well. Destiny 1, like, was very broken and empty when it started. But now to see the, what the Destiny community has become, yeah. it's really inspiring. It's also nice to see like how they've changed the mission variety oh, yeah. in yeah. Destiny 2. Like, there's a mission on Titan where you're trying to get a CPU core and it just turns into like a creepy sci-fi alien thing with hives just popping out of the walls and shenanigans. This is such a good mission, though. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the missions are like up there with like the upper echelon of destiny one missions yeah like i feel like i got a scorch cannon i the only thing is we haven't gotten like a hive sword yet but like a lot of the things that it was like this mission's great because of this from destiny one a lot of those things have been carried over and made bigger like when they throw a hundred vandals at you yeah. and you have your super non-stop is way more satisfying than like what they could yeah, do even in Destiny 1. I right. like the fact that what they did is they took your subclass quest, the very end of your subclass quest and from Destiny 1, when you got your uh, Taken King, your year two subclasses, at the very end of the quest, you got your supers nonstop and you're killing enemies left and right. Right. Now you do that with all your subclasses. Right. Right. I like the fact that in Destiny 2, so far Sentinel, like, I loved being a Defender Titan in Destiny 1, mm -hmm. and then now actually having that, but being able to be offensive with it, yeah. it's so great. Like, it's so, like, I know you guys wanted, you started off with Arc Strider, no, 
Don Blade. Yeah. You guys Dawn both started Blade. off with Don Blade, and then you wanted to get Void Walker. Like I have the thing for Striker. I have the mission. I'm almost done, but I just don't care because look, they are they have made changes to Void Walker that are amazing. For example, mm -hmm. I can eat my grenade energy to get yeah. my health back. That's crazy. <laughs> or yes. well, I can eat my super energy to get my grenades back. Right. Now I like my I have a Titan charge as a defender. So Sentinel is defender. I'm going to use those interchangeably, but I, I also like the fact that they kind of thematically they take in the subclasses and put through and through with the skills. Like Voidwalker, other than like Nova Bomb. What was the difference between a Voidwalker and a Sunsinger? Other than like self other than like super base things, they both had their homing grenades, yeah. their Axion bolts, or whatever the fire. I think it was Fire Strike or something, Sun Strike or something. Yeah. You all had your AOE grenades, your solar grenades, and your vortex grenades, and then you just had like a grenade that was kind of really good in PvP, scatter grenades and fusions because they suck to people. But now it's just like oh. Voidwalk, Voidwalker's about eating stuff. My mm. melees kill people. Gives me health back. I can eat my grenade to get health back. There's probably an exotic out there that makes my melee kills give me grenades. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's this balance of, like, what am I eating? And then with Sunsinger... With, my bad, Dawnblade, instead of it being Sunsinger, just like, I'm just gonna throw a stick of grenades until I die so I can come back to life. Instead... I'm gonna fly as high as I can and ring death every form I have possible. That made it grenades from the air, so super from the air. That like, super was. I was like, all right, I can stick with this class until I get Voidwalker. Yeah, I'm like okay with they that. thematically made these classes interesting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like changing up the secondary class, making that your primary. I feel like now I understand how they could extend Destiny, even keeping the same Titan Hunter Warlock. Like, let's say next time around, Striker is completely rebuilt, um, Golden Gun is completely rebuilt, and Voidwalker is completely rebuilt. Like, even more of an overhaul, like, towards the level of how Defender hey. turned into Sentinel, or how... Yeah. Hey, um, I'd be fine with, like, just them adding off-supers in the end later on. Like, oh, yeah. How Defender has two supers right now. Like, they still have their bubble. They have their Captain America shield. Like, yeah. hey, Voidwalker, give me a scythe. <laughs> give me, like, a, an old dope. scythe and let me just go around eating people. You just want a scythe in every game, don't you? Yes. <laughs> or an axe. Scythe or an axe. Like, those are what I like. Okay. So, you're going to become a Reinhardt main in Overwatch is what you're telling me. Because you can get an axe. I mean, I played a lot of Reinhardt because he got an axe. Reinhardt's the best. Reinhardt the GOAT. Alright, so sticking <laughs> on the MMO thing, well, I don't think we have much more to talk about in Destiny. Jalen, this seems to be, this is going to be your final. This is my final bit of WoW because Destiny 2 is out. And you I'm gonna, unsubscribed, didn't you? I unsubscribed too. Wow. Like, like that's uh, everything. Everything's done. I'm, I'm hardcore into Destiny right now. But 7.3 was the expansion point. Expand, it was the uh, update. They gave me everything I wanted out of that game since Burning Crusade. Like, and as someone who pretty much nearly exclusively plays Draenei characters, this is all the lore stuff I've been waiting for forever. Like, we're on Argus, the Draenei home planet, 
you get to see some, there's some Draenei there with some glowing gold, sick tattoos. Like, why can't I make my character like that? Oh, we do. Like, it's coming. Everything about, everything about that expansion lore-wise is amazing, and content-wise is fun. The raid isn't out, out yet, but the expansion came out a week from yesterday. Right. Like, it literally came out the week before Destiny. Okay. So, wait, what's the expansion? Just no, 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 the update. Update okay. 7.3. Um, what they did is they added, I called it an expansion because they added a new raid, new gear, new questing zone, new story plot. Yeah, World of Warcraft <laughs> patch notes are always just like, hey, we opened an entire continent. <laughs> like, so, you can just say big update, 7.3. Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah. I get... Expansion okay. 7, update 3. This is... Oh, that's one. what that means? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. The first number three <laughs> expansion, the third is the, the second is the major update. That's why the next patch is probably going to be like 7.31. Yeah, 7.3.1. Like, I always knew that. I never knew that the first number was the expansion number. That's, like, really interesting. Huh. Just as somebody who reads patch notes, like, I'll still, oh, World of Warcraft got a new patch. Like, I'll flip through the notes. Or, oh, Hearthstone got a new patch. I'll flip through the notes. Or, like, especially with Blizzard games, it's always interesting to read their patch notes. Oh, yeah, because then they also go into in-depth of why they do certain things, why they do this, why they do that, what was the problem. Right. So it's it's not like Nintendo games where it's like, the gameplay experience has improved. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> is the frame rate higher? <laughs> is like the resolution higher? Are my input is the input lag lo like less? Like, what does that Tell even me. mean? Wild's like, we've changed your we changed the cast time on this ability by point zero three seconds. Yeah. Okay, we did the math on this. This ability is now trash. Never put it in your rotation. <laughs> All right. So since we're getting into the world of Nintendo. We have lost two episodes since the last episode that's been posted of the podcast. But since then, I have gotten a Switch. Yeah. It's a lot of really interesting um, game. Like, So on my Switch, we'll start off just with what I have. With what my wish list is. What I like most about Switch. And some of the, like, some of the things that I've done on the Switch. So, on my Switch, I have digitally Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, Minecraft Nintendo Switch Edition, Kamiko, and Sonic Mania. We'll talk a little bit more about Sonic Mania later on, because that's one of the few games, besides Destiny 2 lately, that all of us have played. Yeah. Um, Shovel Knight Treasure Trove, uh, anybody who likes old school games, check out Shovel Knight Trevel Treasure Trove. It's definitely a throwback to the 8 and 16-bit games. And the new expansion is coming soon. And every expansion for this game is legitimately an entire game. It's an nice. entire campaign as the Knight. So we've had Shovel Knight, Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and the last one is King Knight. Nice. And they're getting Amiibo. Oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah, yeah, I have the Shovel Knight Amiibo, and there's going to be a Plague Knight, Spectre, Spectre Knight, Knight, and King, King Knight 3-pack. Three three and back the addiction. Yes. Well, no, the, the, the Switch has brought my addiction back full swing. So the games that I have physically right now are Splatoon 2, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Which and, I'm the king of, currently yeah. reigning king. Jalen is currently... I'll since, give you that. Since oh, no, you weren't here Sunday. You weren't here Sunday to see me put in that work. Jalen legitimately beat everybody. <laughs> Just Repeatedly. Everybody. Yeah. Jalen never had to pass... When I tell you... 
So now, uh, our producer, Mr. Roboto, is the only person to take a game off me. To take a race off me. In Sunday's Mario Kart. Shout out to Robot. Yeah. Shout out to me. <laughs> Alright, so... Making me work for it. <laughs> yeah. So, I need to actually practice some Mario Kart. But the reason I haven't pr been practicing Mario Kart is because in Splatoon 2, there was a Splatfest recently. Who won? Team Flight won. Which is... Not my team. That's so uh, it was Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, see, this is... Before you stuck, this is the inherent problem with Splatfest. Pearl is not cool enough. So, you're never... So, everyone's going to immediately run to Marie. Guaranteed. Marie's always going to have the bigger... Marina. Marina, my bad. Marina. Marie is the one from the last My one. mistake. Marina. Marina's always going to have the bigger player base, which means if, you, if you're if you on Pearl's team, you can always get points. Well, okay, so here's the thing. In my experience in playing, A, the percentages were closer this time than they ever have been. Okay. It was only 51% Marina, 49% Pearl. That's so was the closest I've ever seen it. Right. Like, wow. The first couple Splatfests were like... Dumb in Pearl's favor for the sole fact of uh, in Marina's favor. Well, no, Mar Marina would win the popular vote, but she would lose the overall Splatfest because of the points-based stuff. Right. She would lose because there's too many people on her team. Well, okay, so the percentages being that close in the this recent Splatfest, I heard about a lot of those problems. But I never encountered any of them because the vote was so close. Every match that I played was against a team flight. I was on team invisibility. Okay. And That's better than, like, the first, like, especially the first Splatfest. Like, Marina won the popularity vote to the point where it's like most people could not find any Pearl team. Team yeah. Pearl in that's, any other games. That seems right. to have been the narr running narrative for Splatfest so far. But this time with the popular vote being so close... Yeah, the, uh, so I played seven games because apparently you need like seven placement matches before you start like actually weighing into your team's like point value for like like matching against people of the other team because at that point they split the player base and to see where you fall in the ranking so you can go against the other team in similar ranks. So I did all of the placement matches for that. I only won one. <laughs> so in my experience like Overwatch all over again Well no I've never gone that bad In the Overwatch season placement matches I've never gone one win One and nine, <laughs> one and well, nine. The one and nine dream <laughs> It's one and six technically So well, no, no I'm saying for Overwatch It'd be one and nine But I feel like I haven't even gotten six losses in the season I feel like that would be extremely depressing In placement Just six losses Done that. Four win or three wins and a draw. I, I Wait, feel like that, now I feel that like, I say that out, that no, sounds no, no, way no. more likely. Here, here's my worst. <laughs> my worst spread was three wins, two draws, five losses. I'm just like, what is this? Still ended up gold that season because that's yeah. just where I stay. That's where you stay. I made my silver. I found my, I made okay. I found a nice house there. <laughs> got it at a good got it at a good interest rate. I'm living that thing. I'm building up my equity. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so one of the other games that I got physically on Switch is one of my favorite games of the year so far, and I'm only loving it more and more the more I play it. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's up in the list of why 2017 is 
2017 game of the year is going to be hard. Right. Last time we recorded this episode that we ended up, like, not being able to use, I was talking about how I was almost to the point that I was on the Wii U version in the Switch version, but now I have completely surpassed that. I can... I have filled in about 75% of the map. I am, like, 20 shrines in. I am, like, 15 Korok seeds in. I am... I have been playing this game. I'm trying to synchronize as many towers as quickly as possible. I am handling enemies that would have literally just, like, completely demolished me in the Wii U version. This game... I am putting ridiculous time into Breath of the Wild. I don't... I don't think it's updated in my... Let's see if it's in my play log on my Switch, which is in the studio today. Nope. One more day, and I'll know how many hours I've sunk into Breath of the, Breath of the Wild on the Switch. But as of right now, like I know for a fact, I've done more shrines. I've collected more more Korok seeds. I've synchronized more towers. I've seen more areas. I've fought more types of enemies. I've fought more difficult enemies. I've gotten better weapons. Like all of these things over the Wii U version. And the reason is just because the Switch is so much more appealing of a console than the Wii U has ever been. I mean, yeah, just looking at it in the studio right now, you can definitely, like, it just looks like a slick design. The OS looks like it's something that doesn't look like it's made for children anymore. It just has this nice, clean, gray background with your games and everything. Looks like something you would be, like, I mean, I feel like, I like the Switch, and I'm definitely going to get one by the end of the year, but... The thing that most appeals to me is from Switch is the fact that this is that old school GameCube N64 Nintendo magic yet actually translated for the fact that it's 2017. Right. True. Like, there's always been something about Nintendo consoles. Like, this happened with the Wii, this happened with the GameCube, but it always seemed like as great as this Nintendo console is, as much Nintendo magic's in it, it seems a little off a little late. Well, like, this still seems really dated because it most game like it's running at 1080p, but the screen on it 720p. So it has a lower resolution screen than my phone does even. It has its rendering power is like so PS4s like even base PS4s are putting out 1080p with HDR support and like this doesn't have HDR. This isn't going to get 4K. Like, there are just so many things that... But then also, I feel like another thing is just one of those, like, that's just something that's just going to be solved with time. Like, yeah, 4K still isn't, like... But I, 4K still isn't 1080p. They're going to have to come out with an entirely new console. This can't... Like, the innards of the Switch can't do 4K. Period. End of statement. I mean, yeah, but I don't feel like 4K I is... I feel like in that era, that's not a problem. You have PlayStation and Xbox releasing consoles just to do change out the innards all the time now. So it's just like, you have the But that Switch. doesn't seem... Nintendo will put out new consoles and will put them out with new innards, but they never... The innards are still always They never fine. cater the games to the highest common denominator you know they always cater the games to the lowest because the ones that they cater to the highest never sell but another another big thing about nintendo though is remember this is a japanese company right and so for all we actually know like for example the switch would do well because 
most people don't drive in Tokyo. They're taking the subways. So this being portable is a big oomph. Like, I was listening to a podcast talking about the fact that a lot of people aren't trying to get these... They aren't really, like, trying to go directly for your Xbox Ones. They're trying um, to go for your PS4. Xbox so, One does not sell in Japan, like, period. Like, exactly, Xbox like, doesn't even market to Japan anymore just because, like, the Xbox, like, brand in Japan is so weak. Yeah. It's like if Sega tried to sell a console right now in Aren't America. They, no, no, no. Atari's doing that. Yeah, Atari's, Atari's doing that. I think we talked about the Atari box on an episode. Yeah, a lost episode, if I remember correctly. I wanna, wasn't it like the episode it, before last that we recorded? No, that one was uploaded. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I feel like the last episode that our listeners... What is time heard, anymore? Time is a flat circle. Think about it. <laughs> Open your mind. <laughs> so, the last episode, I, it, I feel like the Atari Box episode was a while ago. But I know the episodes that we lost were the Japan episode and the Switch episode. So and I know we didn't talk about the Atari Box in that episode because okay. we were just talking about more so indie, like smaller Japanese companies. Gotcha. So. And we're retreading the Switch episode now. But just with way more... I feel like we all have way more of a grasp because I've had the Switch Look, for like two weeks now and you guys have all been able to play the Switch for at least a couple of hours. Another like. big thing about the Switch, though, that I have to give to the Switch over like pretty much every other console that I've had my hands on is the fact that it's inherently two consoles. I mean, yeah. two, con two consoles, two controllers out of the box. Right. I mean, that's the most generous thing a console has ever done in the yeah. history of consoles. You never get two controllers out of the box. You're never well, able you to did just play with, with the Super Famicom in Japan. That's so. In the, oh, so the, so the Japanese exclusive. <laughs> I'm just saying, this is where they got the idea from when they talked about how they came up with the concept for the Switch. They said ease of use, like the NES cartridges like from the NES and then what they got from the Super Famicom is the Super Famicom out of the box came with two controllers and then the GameCube or the Nintendo 64 had analog sticks the GameCube was portable like you could it had a handle on it you could right. take it with you and it had different colors which is something that they started exploring with the Switch then the Wii they started with motion controls and the Wii Hold U, on hold on hold on The N64 was the most colorful console of all time like I think the Switch will... The N64... Oh. I think the Switch will trump the N64 just because... Eventually. Eventually. No, well, there... If you think about color combinations... Not the N64 has a lot. If you think about color combinations on the Switch with the Joy-Cons, there's already, like, close to 100 combinations. Yeah. If not more. Just because there's red, blue, yellow, green, pink, gray. And any permutation of the combinations of those. I, so that's what I'm saying with the Switch. The docks are all the same except for the Monster Hunter one that's only in Japan. But the docks are all the same. The Switch itself the are docks, all the same. I really like the whole dock idea. Yeah. Because like, you could literally walk... If you had two docks and two different DBs in your house, you could literally pick up the Switch... Continue playing as you move from one room to another. Set it down. Just yep. That. I mean that. Convenience at its finest. Yeah, the switch is the word I'd use to describe it. What is, the way you should have been. Oh, well, I'd, I'd call it convenient. <laughs> the sentence that was yeah, 
I'd call it convenient. I could take it with me anywhere. I now have the Pro Controller. The Joy-Cons being individual controllers themselves has been great. Like, I now have five controllers. Because right. I got my Switch with the gray Joy-Cons. I bought my Pro Controller. And then the other day, I actually went on a hunt. Like, my first legitimate hunt since the Amiibo craze. Like, to find something for my Switch. Because I just happened to get lucky and get my Switch. I found one for regular price on Amazon. Bought it. Went to GameStop to buy a game. They asked if it had shipped yet. I told them no. They're like, well, we have them in stock. So I got my Switch, got my case, got Splatoon 2, and then a little bit later in that week got Mario Kart, and then about a week later got Breath of the Wild. So, but the first legitimate hunt I actually had to go on, I went to the GameStop in Moreland in Atlanta, for anybody in Atlanta that listens, and... They had a double red and a double blue Joy-Con combination, but I really had my heart set on the double yellow because they look like a neon... They're a neon yellow, which makes it look like... Kind of like a Bugatti green? Not a Bugatti. A Lambo. Lambo. You're thinking of a yam- Lambo. Lambo. <laughs> I definitely... That yeah. Yambo... That... I keep saying Bugatti that for Yambo. some reason. Bugatti has been on my mind, like, for the past couple... Yeah. I mean... There are so many songs about Bugatti that I'm... (laughs) Yeah. So Bugatti's been on my mind. But it's like my Switch looks like kind of like like Lamborghini themed, which is really cool. So the hunt, we went to the GameStop on Moreland. It's a highlighter to me, but that's fine. Looks like a highlighter to you. To me, like the black and the the yellow. It's also the fact that I don't believe a console has been this easily customizable. Right. Ever. Well, I mean, sure. Nintendo really started to show the signs of it with the new 3DS. I mean, yeah, them faceplates, though. Right. Mm. The faceplates have been really cool, but I mean, but they've the been doing it, this though, it since the Game them, Boy Micro. It took them like a year to get to bring the version of the new 3DS with faceplates over to the U.S., though. Right. Out the gate, we can like, it like, just import took... Joy-Cons. Like, this thing's completely region-free. You can import a Switch, import all your Joy-Cons, import all your games. Play them in English. Play them on an English account. Play them on the English, like, Nintendo Network, like, and be completely fine. Like, I have a Japanese account on my Switch just to download Japanese-exclusive demos that we can play with ease. And some of them we can even play in English. So I downloaded the Pokin demo early from the Japan eShop because it came out there first. But the, com- the entire demo was completely in English. There was no trace of Japanese anywhere in that. But there are things like the Monster Hunter Double Cross demo that are very Japanese. <laughs> like, you, we basically have to brute force our way through the first several menus to get into gameplay. And I mean, <laughs> once you get into game, anybody who's played Monster Hunter can play it. But it's just a thing of... Good luck reading it. <laughs> right. I learned the kanji for demo messing around like in the Japanese eShop on my Switch. So I now know the kanji for demo. So if I ever need... The more you know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on a side note, I have also started playing Heroes of the Storm again because it's a Blizzard meme train, and it's amazing. Yeah, I feel like that game just is so ridiculous. It's Blizzard memes. It's whatever meme you want, Blizzard has probably done it. Like, they gave Kerrigan a diva skin. A Queen of Games skin. Where it's Kerrigan in like the mecha jumpsuit that Diva has. 
Because the silhouettes don't matter in that game. Where they do matter in Overwatch, and they do matter... Actually, they do. In Heroes of the Storm, the silhouettes does matter, because that allows you at a glance to know that a Kerrigan is a Kerrigan. Like Yeah, but I feel like it's not the same, because hitboxes don't matter as much as they do in Overwatch. They don't. That's why we can't just transfer skins back and forth. Well, yeah, because it's the way the models are designed, and yes, hitboxes are there, but hitboxes do matter in that game. Yeah, but then nowhere near as much as they do in Overwatch, and that's why the silhouette yeah, and the hitboxes. Argue that one. Right, in Overwatch are so much. That's why. Yes, the silhouette in do... a first-person shooter will always be more important <laughs> than a mobile. Okay. <laughs> but the main thing I was trying to get at is the fact that yes, you can't translate skins over just because of the silhouette but also i feel like it's a bunch of other things to it like i feel like overwatch as a game has to focus so much on balancing yeah more so than a game like heroes of the storm right because moba's part of their inherent thing is that they are balanced because every character is viable but they're also always completely not balanced well the Okay, here's my little thing on game balancing. Game balancing is a lie that people fall in, that people like to believe when they want to play competitively. Marvel's Capcom 2 is the greatest fighting game of all time, and that game is broken. It is broken. <laughs> and I mean utterly broken. I can't even argue with that statement. Can't argue with me. Right, that's why Best they fighting game of all time, rules. and it's broken. Yeah, that's why they implement broken. rules like that in the East. It is beautiful. And that's just the thing about it is. The meta is a good way to get good quick when you could just get good. Because right, if, if you just truly get good right. at a character, meta don't matter. I, I remember playing Overwatch when Genji, quote unquote, was the worst character and was like bad, low tier. Had someone who only played Genji. Yeah. I, I couldn't hit him. Right. And I was playing Zarya. <laughs> right. When you have a hard time, like even exploiting their weaknesses and they can cover their back because characters that are in the meta have fewer weaknesses than characters out of the meta but if you're good enough as the character that's out of the meta at you just have your no weaknesses. weaknesses right that is really right yeah. and that's why I will always say like the thing about it is the whole balancing for a meta is inherently dumb it's just mainly balancing should be more of Balancing should lean more towards the, oh, we're going to take this character who's useless and make this character viable. Or take this character that's oppressive and make them, balance them out a little bit. Because sometimes characters are oppressive, D.Va. Yeah, Mercy. I mean, they just completely dominated. They were in literally like over 95% of all Overwatch matches, period. Quick play, competitive, like... Anything it's like you just always can't go see a mercy and diva. You can't go wrong with those two. And well. so now they're trying to make it so they're not trying to nerf mercy, like not trying to take mercy completely out of the meta. But they're not trying to make mercy like a must pick because she's a like a one trick character. If right. all like the all you do is heal and res and heal and res and heal and res and heal and res, like inherently that makes the game more boring because somebody's gonna get stuck with that role. And, like, it's fine until, like, you really play it's, a lot it, of that and character. And also, that's fine until, like, it's fine when that kind of character's out of the meta. Like, when Mercy was out of the meta, when Ana dominated the uh, support meta, 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's like that and wasn't all- as much of a problem because I don't because it's like okay yeah you could do this but then you know you had you had to deal with the Anna grenades you had to deal with the sleep darts you had to deal with mm-hmm. the fact that Anna hits like a truck like she hits really really hard for a support. Mm-hmm. I mean she's a support sniper like. If you don't expect versatility from somebody who is described as like a healing sniper, then no. But that's my point, though. It's like, and that's one of the reasons why Mercy always Mercy's one of those characters that always draw the line between balanced and unbalanced, because Mercy kind of only does two things: heal and res. Anna could duel you if she wanted to. She could CC a high priority target. She could make Zenyatta's ult weakness useless. It's like, oh, you're transcending grenade. Fair enough. Like, literally, a graviton into grenade literally countered, like, the major Zarya counter. I mean, that's how I got my, uh, what was that one trophy that Zenyatta has to get? Like, Rapid Discord? Not Rapid Discord. No, 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 Transcendence? Transcendence, yeah, where you heal 1500 damage. Wait for your team to get Zarya ulted, then heal. It's the easiest way to do it. But then Anna came out and she was like, grenade. Grenade. And, and you're like, like, oh. Fair enough. <laughs> and then everyone just died. Hard counter. <laughs> small vendetta against Anna's. I will take them out. But I mean, they're like, Anna's almost completely fallen out of the meta the same way Reinhardt's completely fallen out of the meta. But the thing about it is, in the good, Anna's still the worst thing in the world to deal right. with. Because those Anna main, like, I still Anna main, like, and that's the thing about it. You could get good or be good at the meta. Mm-hmm. And if you just get good, meta don't matter. True. Like, Alright, the one thing that I wish Overwatch had was a Switch version. But I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. I, I don't soon. see that anytime soon, not because of the Switch, but because Blizzard is Blizzard. Because <laughs> remember, Overwatch was their first new IP in 20 years. Right. True. But I mean, they've I'll, also they also had the foresight to like say, hey, let's put this on PS4 and Xbox One because of their huge install bases and will sell oh, yeah. so many more millions of copies. And they they fall under Activision, which is hoping with all of their hope, like they can make people buy Destiny 2 on both PS4 and PC by like delaying the PC version. Say, oh. Everybody's playing Destiny 2. You have a PS4 or Xbox One. Buy it now, and you'll be able to play the PC version later. You mean like, like how they're handling Destiny as we speak? That's, I that's was talking was about talking Destiny. Right, I playing you your clickers on your phone during a podcast, Jalen. Although, to be able to play Overwatch wherever I'm at... Right, that's why... Two- see, I don't see that as a thing, though, just because I don't trust Wi-Fi for my online games. Well, I mean, what I do is I have my house. Wait, you don't trust Wi-Fi for your online games? Yeah, I don't play any of my games on Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah, I guess you're landing. We're all landing. Dang. Yeah, <laughs> but like the Switch has been fine. Like I've been only. I Wi-Fi. have three Ethernet cords coming I out mean, of my fucking modem right now. Only Wi-Fi, and it's fine. Yeah, Wi-Fi only is fine, especially if it's on a Nintendo console, because I mean, 3DS. All the online Smash and online Pokemon and online, just everything that I did on the 3DS was completely fine. And it was full Wi-Fi. But I treat the Switch like I treated my Vita. I have it connected to my personal hotspot on my phone. If I'm out and I ever want to play multiplayer or want to download something and I'm not in the, within the range of my crazy good house Wi-Fi, it's just like I have 
suitable Wi-Fi everywhere yeah. with a personal hotspot on my phone. Plus, like, once the browser's implemented into the Switch, I'll be able to log on to my Xfinity Wi-Fi account on my Switch and literally have Wi-Fi everywhere within 285. Okay. Like, I, my phone, if I leave my Wi-Fi scanning on, I almost never have to use my 4G for anything. Just because it's like, Xfinity Wi-Fi is literally everywhere. And we live in a major metropolitan area. So even, like, if I'm somewhere with, like, an apartment complex, odds are somebody in that apartment complex has Xfinity. Point. And... So, things like upcoming games, I mean, I want something like Overwatch, but upcoming games like Rocket League and Stardew Valley are games that I'm really excited for on the Switch, because like, I played a lot of Rocket League. Yep. I didn't get, I didn't give Stardew Valley enough of a chance on PS4, because there was a lot of games around that time, and I feel like... Good luck I didn't like the cursor interfaces, but Stardew Valley, I mean, if I can take that with me everywhere... Like that's what I wanted from that game. I hope. I wish that I game had. A that. I just, as a person who's played that much Stardew Valley, I don't know if I see. Need I don't that. need that when Animal Crossing comes out because oh I already God. had to. I had to. Animal Crossing New Leaf on the 3DS did horrible, <laughs> horrible things to me. I. Right. So imagine it on the Switch, a console quality Animal Crossing in 2017 that you can take anywhere. The only thing is, this doesn't have Street Pass yet. I really wish Switch had Street Pass. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Street Pass. Like, it was cool when I used it. Yeah. Like, the few... Uh, it's way bigger in Japan. But for the few uses that I did use it for in the U.S., like, I wish those things... Like, I wish... they just bring over Street Pass Plaza. All of that stuff. Like... Find me, but just in Switch quality. Like, make... I feel like the install base, like... More often, like, now with how things are going, everybody wants a Switch, and soon everybody will have a Switch. And I didn't feel like that with the 3DS. Like, I know people who aren't gamers who the Switch appeals to. But, like, only people I knew who played 3DS were, like, legitimate hardcore gamers. And it was like, okay, I want to play Pokemon. Okay, I want to play... Whatever. I want to play Animal Crossing. I want to play just anything that can... Mostly Pokemon. <laughs> mostly Pokemon, right. honestly. On the 3DS. But so, but I feel like I showed some of my co-workers a Switch. And there are some of my co-workers that think I'm crazy for taking two days off to play Destiny 2 nonstop. And record podcasts and stuff like that. That want to Switch. I mean, it's crazy to take two days off of Destiny. You should have took three. You, you, you didn't take enough time. I'm a crazy person You're for not crazy. taking off two weeks. But exactly. I can't lose my job over Destiny 2. <laughs> I lost my job before no, Destiny 1. Make Destiny 2 your job. Yeah. I've been streaming and now podcast content, so I'm going to make it as good as I can make it. But I think that's about all for this week. I feel like we had a really solid yeah. episode, really full, really good content. All right. Remember, you can follow us all as a group as on Twitter at Cheesy Controller without the last E. I'm not going to spell it out. Um, I feel like we lost a lot of episodes where we talked about the email address. So I'm going to... Um, you guys can tweet user questions or listener questions? Reader, listener questions. Listener questions. Are not using anything. 
Yeah, they're not. Well, they're using the podcast app. You guys can either tweet them at us at Cheesy Controller without the last E, or you can email them to Cheesy Controller Podcast at gmail.com. We have a live episode that's coming up in early October, and we're trying to get as many questions in. We're going to answer all of our listener questions live and have our first Cheesy Controller Podcast live. So if you live within Atlanta, look out for information on the Twitter feed and the Facebook group and the Instagram about Cheesy Controller Podcast Live, which will be coming up soon. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Anton6 with three X's, A-N-T-O-N-S-I-X-X-X. You can follow Jalen at Squid Bishop. Just Squid Bishop, exactly how it sounds. You can follow Chris at... At Cheesy Ravioli the, with three eyes at the end. Just had to... Just had, had to, to make it, it difficult. I did. <laughs> All right. And so this has been the 14th episode of the Cheesy Controller Podcast. It's been a Know It's Good production. And until next time, keep it cheesy.